Welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, where we delve into the depths of what it means to be a man in today's world, and we explore the real-life challenges and triumphs that you and I face every single day. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I come with no answers, only questions for some of the most wise, insightful, and grounded men that I know. So get settled in. You're listening to Modern Masculinity. Fellas, what's going on? I hope this episode finds you well. And as always, that this episode leaves you better than when you found it, whenever that is. And I'm grateful and honored, humbled, frankly, that you would let me be a part of your journey and grateful and, and honored that you'd be a part of mine. Today's episode is with Michael Diamond and Russell Reynolds. And they're two men who are not just talking about it. I just talk about this stuff. I, I hop on and I, I have some great conversations with some amazing men. But these guys are out there doing the work, not only themselves, but they are helping other men to do their own work. The amount of lives that these guys are impacting and changing through the work that they're doing is just, perhaps it's infinite. It's generational, right? Because they're, they're really helping men to transform their lives. And, and what I love about it and what they're doing, their process, if you will, and we get into a lot of it today, is that it's, it's really, it's timeless. It's universal. This whole masculinity thing, it's, it's not that we have to try and figure it out or that it's something new. No, it's as, it's as old and as timeless as it can be. How does it manifest itself in today's world, in today's context? And so with all that being said, that's just a little bit of the context for today's conversation. I know you're going to love it, so I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to get out of the way here, y'all. And let's get into today's conversation with Michael Diamond and Russell Reynolds. Michael, Russell, welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast. How are you today? Thank you, bro. Doing well. Doing well, brother. Good to see you. It's an honor. Before we hit the recording button, we were talking about the fact that we are serving kind of the same group of men, perhaps in a different capacity. And, and I know that you guys have been doing it for a while. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about that journey. But I'd love for you to take us into your worlds today because another theme that's emerged from this show is that men don't share enough of the call it what you will the challenges the problems the unglamorous side we have this shield in this front and what we found is that by simply the sharing of it there's some solidarity that comes with it so can either of you take us into your world and share what's prescient for you as a man or a father or a husband provider anything in regards to that Absolutely. I think we're in two different worlds, but they definitely overlap. So Michael, why don't you begin? Sure. I mean, this is like the ultimate question, like, where's your self-awareness? Where's my self-awareness and what's going on in my life? I love that word prescient, what's most important. And for me right now in relation to fatherhood is being present. I'm in this time, I have a eight-year-old son and it's summertime and he's not in camp, school hasn't started. And I made a commitment that I was going to spend these couple weeks before we have our next immersion this weekend and then I'm busy and then school starts, that I'm going to really take this time and have fun and go to the pool and do all those things. And it's been the best time, all while running the business, doing this getting ready for everything, being a husband. I just had my 10-year wedding anniversary. So all these things have required a lot of my presence. And in the season that we're in, especially in Ignite, it's all about presence, the lover energy, and how to cultivate that. It's a big challenge for men because there's so much going on in our lives. I'll leave it there for right now. Russell, take me into your world. 
So my world's a little bit different in that I am neither a husband or a father. I am in a relationship, but most importantly, I'm a man trying to figure out what the hell does that even mean? And coming from a childhood where my dad left when I was three and I was gifted with the wound of not good enough and trying to carve my own path and figure out how to be a man and how to grow up without that positive male influence, I recognize how critically important it is for men. And I think a lot of us come from broken homes. I mean, if you look at statistics of the prison systems, 90% of the men in there come from broken homes, fatherless homes. So the role that Michael plays that you play as fathers is so, so precious and so important for those of us that had to figure it out on our own. Like, what's the gifts that we can bring? How do we turn our mess into a message? That's my world. I mean, I am constantly asking, what's my mission? I think in our society, we get so caught up in making money or what's the career or what's the status and who gives a shit? Honestly, what's your mission? What's the difference that's going to be made long after you're gone because you were here? That's the question I ask. Whether it's teaching self-defense to people to ensure that nobody will ever have to be a victim, whether it's combating child trafficking, whether it's doing this sacred work with Michael and helping men to be better men through my flawed and imperfect example and and journey. That's what it's all about for me. I want to know that the legacy I leave are the lives that are touched by the lives that are touched by the lives that were touched by the lives that I touched. And that's going to last long after I'm gone. As Michael always says, what's the ripple effect that you're putting into the field of humanity by the words that you speak and the actions you take? Yeah. One thing that arose as you guys were speaking was that there's this need for men to and I think you guys talk about it, but write their own story and to be their own man. And I think you've heard that. One of the objectives of this show is not to point out, woe is me, or we are different, or that we're such victims, but to highlight perhaps what are the nuances. And I think that there are so many paths for men today. There's so many options. There's so many choices. What a beautiful thing that that is. But also, it's like when I'm staring at Baskin Robbins and I'm looking at all the flavors and I'm like, how do I know which one is for me? And what if I make the wrong choice? And what if I end up trying the wrong one? And what if I pick the one again that my wife says, why did you pick that one? You picked that one last time and you didn't like it. But I feel like men are looking at their life like that where they get paralyzed into fear and they end up just staring at the options or numbing themselves or picking at these easy routes through living at home or video games or like all of these things that are call them problems or whatever right now. But I think it's speaking and it stems from what you guys are, have spoken to, which is the fact that they're not writing their own story. Yeah. Well, you hit on a lot of themes there <laughs> we could talk about. You know, we always talk about men writing their own story and being the hero of their life. And the hero's journey is the central theme that all men across all cultures, across all time, have experienced as the motif of being a human in this world. And that's a central theme that we use in Ignite the King to help men have that playbook, so to speak, to know hey, this is what I'm going through my life and use the tools of self-awareness, embodiment, and being in community, most importantly, and do that work and write their story. We like to say, if you're watching the movie of your life, would you change the channel or would you be riveted at the edge of your seat? And unfortunately, most men are stuck living in their head, living a very energy neutral existence, going through the motions like Groundhog's Day, 
and are suffering as a result. And they're at a point in their life, like you said, for the men watching the show, most likely are early, mid-30s. They're in a committed relationship. Maybe they have a child or one on the way. And we really start questioning, has this grinding away been worth it? Is it really? And Russell had mentioned that before. So men need purpose. They need meaning. And they need to feel like they're on a mission. And to have a map for that is key. That's the central theme. This hero's journey, it was, I mean, I got introduced to it, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. So at this point, and it's been foundational. And I hope that it's emerging as, like you said, a blueprint for men, because it seems that if they can understand that, all of a sudden it gives them the courage to lean into the challenge, to lean into the hard stuff, to, to be willing to kind of go into the forest, if you will. Yeah. Well, you know what's on the other side, you know what to expect. Well, because it's like, this shit is hard. And no, and everyone said that it was going to be easy. <laughs> everyone said, you know, if you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, yeah. it would just, everything would be perfect at the end. And you're like, holy fuck, this was not- That was true 40 not... years ago. Well, here we are. Russell, you, I, what were you going to say? I, I always laugh when people say this is hard. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it was Jocko Wilnick who said, good. 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 It's supposed to be hard. Nothing worth having is easy to get, right? We have to be willing to put in the work. And that the monomyth of the hero's journey is so impactful because it's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. This is the thing is, regardless of culture, continent, or language, all cultures have the same myth, the hero's journey. So it is literally a blueprint for masculinity and for humanity to some extent, but certainly for masculinity. The warrior is an archetype that is in our DNA. The lover, the magician, the king, it's in our DNA. And the thing to realize is that it's playing out in your life, whether you're aware of it or not. And if you're not aware of it, it's probably not playing out in a particularly good way. We talk about the shadow or the gold, right? Are you living in that sacred third possibility? Are you living in that highest potential of that archetype? Or are you just going through the motions? I will also add, without putting on my tinfoil hat for too long, we live in a society that Michael talks about energy poor, energy neutral, energy rich, how we can live our lives. We live in a society that has programmed us to be energy neutral to be meh, to be distracted, to be entertained, to be purposeless, because we're easier to control that way. That's as far as I'll go down the rabbit hole in tinfoil hat. Drowned in pleasure. Yeah. Well, one of the challenges, and I can only speak from, obviously, personally, and then what I saw from the people of, quote unquote, my generation, I'm a pretty standard millennial, is that there was this idea that it was supposed to be easy, or not that it was supposed to be easy, but that conversely, Things were not supposed to be hard, and if they were hard, it meant that you weren't good at them or that you weren't supposed to be doing them or that that if it was hard, like a, there was no skill set for dealing with hard. There was no skill set for dealing with that. We were on a hike yesterday with my son, and he's screaming, and, and maybe he was a little hot, and perhaps we went on a hike that was the longest hike that they've done. And so for sure, I guess <laughs> he, he had some merit, but he's screaming the whole way, and at one point he goes, why are we doing this? And he's four. It was so real. And I stopped and said, like, I actually enjoy this. But there was a switch that I had to flip that for him hadn't flipped yet. And I don't know that it has flipped yet. <laughs> We're still there working on it. But it was a it was it was emblematic to me of this older mindset that I knew that I had that if it was hard, well, just it meant that I wasn't good at it. And maybe I'm just not meant to be good at it. 
Right, right. Because hard work and the millennial generation, hard work and pain have been taught as things to be avoided, not things to be valued. And I heard it once said, I think it was the millennial generation, somebody said, our parents worked hard so we don't have to, so we don't. Then we go back to the old adage that well, well our parents said that was the pro- was absolutely the it's not the problem but it is a challenge that we are facing. But the big picture realization is hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. Where are we in that cycle right? Now? And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and that's where I was going to bring it back to especially cuz we're talking about the modern masculinity. That's the name of the podcast here. Men in today's culture it's not so much the entitlement per se of the millennial generation, but things have been easy. Now you could just grab your phone and order pretty much everything. The generation before, we didn't really have that. You had to go out and find it. You had to make it happen. There weren't so, you know, all the things, not to say, oh, we're stronger, tougher, whatever, but in some senses, yes. Because going out and having to forage, so to speak, or find what you needed, a lot of times resulted in pain. It was challenging. We met with Outside forces weren't so insulated where we could just literally have everything delivered to our door. So there is like a toughening up, so to speak, that all men need to do. Culturally, this is across the board. We've all gotten soft and weak. And yes, soft, weak men allow tyrants to run amok. And if we look at the more macro view of what's going on, it's time for men to step forward in this. Whatever model you choose, whatever path you take, choose it. Make it work. Yeah. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. I've been searching for why I feel like it matters to address some of these cultural and generational things. And I think that the reason, at least that I'm currently on, is that for me, I didn't even realize that that programming was there. It was so insidious. It was so subconscious. It was so programmed and so unquestioned that it was only as I got deep and deep into the work did I realize, and I have to confront that maybe this is actually what's holding me back. Maybe it is the way that, like, just personally, the way that my mom who provided, tried to provide a painless childhood. And she did a pretty good job of it. I told her a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm undoing all of that, right? Like, you know, like it's now I'm dealing with all that. And, And it's like, it's not her fault. She was only doing what she knew. But I think that guys, especially my age, have to wake up to some of that programming that a lot of us were raised by women. A lot of us had this safe kind of cautious mindset that was just built into us. And the awareness now is that in providing a painless childhood for you, she did you a great disservice. Pain is one of our greatest teachers. Something we like to say is you're not responsible for what happened to you in childhood, but as an adult, you're 100% responsible for dealing with it. So part of the personal growth journey is to do the inner work, do the self-awareness, look at the things that you have been conditioned and programmed with. And frankly, if you're an entrepreneur or someone that's at the leading edge, you're setting the culture, not falling into the culture. So you have to really analyze how you've taken on those very deep-rooted collective unconscious stories that frankly are being put in there so you don't wake up, so you don't feel pain and you just keep going along because it doesn't hurt bad enough. Another thing that I just want to throw on the plate of the listeners is that I thought I was doing the personal development side in terms of getting better and trying to add on all of these skills and certifications and to get better when what I realized was that it was just like 
churning in quicksand. There were so many things that I wasn't addressing that no matter how much time and energy and courses and masterminds, and there was all of these things that I was doing that was not addressing the problem. I think John Roman, the founder of Front Row Dads, he likens it to like trying to dance on a broken leg. You know, no matter how good the music is or how great the instruction is or how much you want to dance, if your leg is broken, you're not going to be able to dance and, and enjoy it in the way that you could if you healed yourself first. And I think that that is not on a lot of guys' radars or as many as it should. If I can ask in your awareness now, what is the broken leg that you were dancing on? What's the core issue that wasn't being addressed? For me, the thing that sent me in here was I was finding validation externally in the most subtle of ways and thinking that and, and feeling like I wasn't doing it and feeling like I was deriving my worth internally. And no, I don't need that. But then all of the problems and challenges that were emerging from my life were, were from this inability to have my own sense of value or my own sense of worth. You know, I think that that's where I'm at now is kind of going back to the roots and filling my own cup and healing my own self and being the way that I had likened it is like in a relationship. It's like it's not like a ladder necessarily. And I think that that's what we were as we were kind of like a ladder, especially in my marriage where I was leaning and relying too much on somebody and it ended up becoming this emotional fire hose. And so it was like cutting that fire hose off and then being able to fuel myself in a way that was real and authentic. I can completely relate to the seeking outside validation. And for myself, as a boy raised with the false core belief of I'm not good enough, of course, I'm constantly seeking that outside validation. I mean, if you listen to any of Tony Robbins or Chloe Madonna stuff, they talk about the six human needs, significance, certainty, uncertainty, love and connection, growth, contribution. My two primary needs in my earlier life were variety and significance, which is a recipe for freaking disaster. And now in my growth and evolution, I've come to realize the only significance worth having is through love and contribution. What am I doing for the whole, for the kingdom, for the realm? What am I doing that's greater than me? If it's all about me, I'm missing the mark. You two have the blessing of being fathers. You can look into your children's eyes and have purpose immediately. And to that point, men, as we said before, need to have a mission and have a purpose because when they do, they will endure any pain to get it or to fulfill it. I think the problem, if you want to talk generationally, is a lot of the things that the millennials thought was promised to them wound up being bullshit. And then they're like, well, why work so hard? Because I don't even know what it is I'm going after anymore. The illusion of sort of that American dream. And then at the same time, you compound that with technology and it's neutralized a generation. And there's entrepreneurs that are killing it right now that are millennials and doing huge things and solving huge problems. So I'm careful not to also say it about all of a generation. Sure. Well. well, absolutely. And one of the reasons that I continue and have to keep doing this show is that men as a whole are just suffering from, from a mental health perspective. I think it was Peter Atti was talking about the deaths of despair. And it's like overdose depression, or excuse me, overdose suicide, alcohol-induced, and, and I think there's one other one. But it's essentially all of the ones that result from poor mental health. And, and men are, are suffering at a almost a two-to-one kind of rate than women. There is something there. And I think it just speaks to the fact that most men are not armed with the tools the awareness to go out and navigate a world. One of my good friends, Kassam, he said on the show, he said, men have to figure out 
how to live in a society that decided they didn't need them. For the last X amount of years, we've been not so silently hearing how women don't need men, and it's the Al Bundy and the Homer Simpson kind of archetype, and it's this dad joke kind, dad bod kind of culture. And if men are just left to deal with that, then that leaves them what we talked about at the beginning with like purposeless. Let's go into some of these kind of archetypes and and structures. And one of the things that I'd love for you to talk about are these archetypes. And you've hinted at them a couple of times, and we've started to hint at them on some of these episodes, but I think it's just good for that to be in the lexicon. So when you talk about king, magician, warrior, lover, I'd love for you guys to just talk about those, how those play out, give whatever depth you think is relevant to what we've talked about today. So the lover, we're about to go into the lover immersion for us. And we say that the lover is probably the most wounded and misunderstood of all the masculine archetypes. Because if you say lover, most men think sex. What do we know about being a lover? Tag it and bag it. Like, I'm going to get that bitch. Like, what is that? That's not lover. If you want to see one of the purest forms of lover energy, look at a newborn child filled with wonder for the world and a joy for life. That's lover energy. And when we can recapture that, and we're also, this kind of goes into the warrior archetype as well, because when we can recapture that, recapture that joy for life and that wonder for the world and that open heartedness, which we are taught as men to shut down, we're just going with the culture. And that goes into that warrior, which is probably the most twisted because it's men don't cry, suck it up, don't be a bitch. Men don't show their feelings, which is total horseshit. Yeah, we do. A warrior has to have his heart open. A warrior has to be willing to fight for something greater than themselves, whether it's his child, his woman, his family, his culture, because otherwise you're just a mercenary. So undoing those twisted, misunderstood male archetypes, if we can bring that lover energy, we say that the warrior is the engine. It's the get shit done archetype. The lover is the GPS, because if your heart's not guiding your actions, then you're probably acting in shadow. You're probably acting in a negative way that's going to do harm to yourself or others. Those first two are kind of tied together hand in hand. And Michael can definitely speak to the magician. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just to back up for a second, an archetype is like a pattern of behavior. For some men, they don't even know what that word means. And an archetype is essentially a way that you act as a man that is essentially bedded in your DNA. It's across all men. It's not you as a unique individual. It's traits and things you share with all other beings. That's what an archetype is. And men classically play out these four archetypes. And this is the other sort of roadmap we use along with the hero's journey to guide men on this self-discovery and self-transformation process. Yes, the lover, the warrior, the magician, the king. And a lot of what you were sharing before about how men check out, a lot of the vices, that's a lot of the shadow lover, right? So all of these archetypes play out, I think Russell said it earlier, Whether you're aware of it or not, they're playing out. You need to read the rules of the game to know how to play it. So the lover is the part of us that expresses itself, that feels, that's connected, that's alive, that is inspired, is passionate, is wanting to fulfill a calling and a bigger mission. It's that purity of that energy and how it shows up as challenges or behaviors in the culture is either through the addicted lover or the impotent lover, which basically are the poles of of what we call a shadow, which is sort of the darker parts of ourselves that get expressed as behaviors in the world. So whether that's porn, prostitution, drugs, alcohol, workaholic, that's all signs of the addicted lover. Drowning in pleasure, just looking for the next dopamine hit or 
the shiny object syndrome or the next trophy or the next car, just whatever it is that you don't have trying to fulfill some internal need through materialism or experientially. That's all shadow lover. And each of these archetypes expresses itself in either a positive or a negative way or positive negative pole. So they either like really charge like a battery or it's negative. And the negative side of the lover is this impotent lover, kind of that meh energy, the energy neutral of which we've been talking about, the part that's ambivalent to their own self-worth, just doesn't care, gives up, quits. It's not worth it. Why? All that kind of energy. This goes to all the different archetypes, the warrior, the magician, the king. But the whole purpose is to learn how to integrate them. And it all stems from the king energy. As men being on a mission and a purpose, it's about expressing ourselves as the fucking kings in the world that are united to make this world a better place, to have our lands be fertile, to have peace, to have fertility, to see growth. And we use the magician, which is our bigger field seer that helps us connect to the unseen and sacred to bring that elixir, that wisdom, to tell the warrior what to do. Like Russell said, is the action in the world. And the lover, as we say, is the GPS. It's the guide. It's the one that's tapped in, tuned in, can feel what's going on. And all these are working together simultaneously, expressing itself as you. There's your little overview of the archetypes. Beautifully said, brother. Yeah, that was a great overview. I want to take it one of two ways. Let's go super practical because I think I'd love to get into the metaphysical side or how these play out. But just on a practical side, when a guy goes, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you, what, <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? I've got a job that I've got to go to. And then I come home and I've got my kids. My kids are screaming. My wife, shit's falling apart with her. What are you talking about? And how does this actually pertain to a day-to-day practical in the fire, in the gauntlet kind of moment? Yeah. Well, Russ, I love you to jump in on this. I just want to say men need to learn how to be in conflict and they need how to resolve conflict and move their life forward. And all the things you described are exactly the reasons why men need to learn about themselves in this way. We can for sure bring it super practical, but to the day-to-day, it's how to deal with those relationships in a rich way. Go ahead, Russell. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great question. Just suspend your disbelief for a second, average in-the-world guy, and let's overlay these archetypes on your life. You're talking about you know, how you're just busting your ass at your job and you're not feeling fulfilled at all. Well, what are you putting into your job? Are you showing up as a warrior? Are you showing up as a king? Are you bringing lover energy into that job? Or are you fucking hating it and resenting it the whole time and just going through the motions? Speaking of, when you get home to that wife who's yelling at you, when was the last time you were present with your woman? And presence doesn't need to say a fucking word. Presence is staring into her eyes, 100% of your heart open and just being there and letting her feel you in your entirety. When's the last time you did that instead of grabbing your phone and looking at hot chicks on Instagram or turning on the TV and just going through the motions of your relationship? That's how these archetypes play into your average life. When you say, what the fuck are you talking about? As we said earlier, these archetypes are playing out in your life. They're embedded in your DNA. They're a part of who you are. So they're playing out in your life, whether you're aware of it or not. And if you're not aware of it, they are most likely a shadow expression of the full potential of what they could be, of what you could be as a man. Yeah. 
I think this book, the reason that I thought it was important, especially for guys listening, is that the idea of what a man was, was a pretty static image, right? I remember growing up, I think it was in senior year of high school, we were at Streetcar Named Desire. And it's like, Stella! And it's this epitome of a man who was also a woman beater and had all these negative characters. Then you had Sylvester Stallone and like, I'll say static in the sense that a man, like you said, doesn't show emotion. A man doesn't care. A man doesn't have this range that all of a sudden we in modern days are, are required to be a lover with our significant other. We need to be a king for our family. We need to be a magician at work. We, we need to be able to tap into all of these things in order to thrive today. And, and so I think that that's just this framework allows for someone to go, okay, let me be in this moment and be that in another moment. From a strictly evolutionary sense, it's transcendent include. So each generation includes the wisdom from the previous. Something we say in our group all the time is it ran in my family till it ran into me. There are things that were very positive about the previous generation that brought into things like family and boundaries and discipline and rules, but also were very closed off emotionally and were raised by the boomer generation, right? So you can look back and just see like there wasn't this kind of growth existing at that time. So when we say they did the best they could with what they knew at that time, that's what we're talking about. And it tends to ping pong in generations because then it became all the way the other way and helicopter parenting and don't discipline your children and don't have boundaries and ask them what they want to eat. No. Participation trophies. <laughs> yeah. And there's undoing in each generation, but it's also moving it forward. So it's absolutely the responsibility, as we said before, of a man to do that work. We use the acronym AAA, Aware Acknowledge Action. You need to be aware. You need to be aware of where your ship is not going in the right direction, where the kinks in the armor are. You need to do self-assessment. It's vital. And then from that, the deepest, most important work is to do the acknowledgement, is to do the thing that is not taught and men don't have a place to go do, which is to confront those inner demons, the darker side, the shadow, the emotions, feel it, getting in there. And that's vital. Men like to jump to the strategy often and just fix it in their relationship, in their own life. And they're skipping over a very vital part, which is why groups like ours exist. So men have a container and a community to do that deepest work. To that point, we have a society and generations that have been raised in pain avoidance. Take a pill for this, take a drink for that, turn on Netflix, don't deal with your feelings. That acknowledgement that Michael's talking about, they don't want to acknowledge it because you got to be willing to sit in the fucking pain at that moment and go, okay, look, I'm responsible for this. I've done this. This is who I am and where I am right now. Because from that, you can take action to change it. But most people get to the awareness, which is the first A, and then once you're aware of the problem, you have two choices. You either do something about it. Or you stick your head in the sand and distract yourself and just get back on Instagram. I'll share with you the default, at least, and I can only speak for my own programming and, and what I would imagine I, other guys are experiencing, given our upbringing, is the blame. It's their fault. Because I remember, and my mom didn't do it as much, and you know, I tried to make sure that she didn't, but I remember it being the default that if someone got a bad grade, well, it wasn't the kid's fault. The parent would go in there and talk to the teacher as if the teacher was doing something wrong. And it's like, no, you don't fucking see your kid in class. They're just dicking off the whole time. Like, 
There's no sense of responsibility or accountability, at least generationally speaking. Obviously, there are some individuals, but part of the waking up and the acknowledging part, right, that you can go to blame or you can acknowledge that you have some responsibility, if not all responsibility in the problem. And that you also, I think, where, you know, you have the power that gives you the power to kind of create some sort of solution or resolution. And that's exactly it right there is that blame takes your power away. You have abdicated all power which means you're just a victim. The number one thing we teach a man to do is to be accountable to his word and his actions. Because you're right, accountability, the lack of accountability is rampant. You see it from the top down. I mean, you you look at anything that's going on in our culture, in our government, in our world, and there's just almost little to none accountability responsibility. Well, I think it's a fractal thing because I even think, even in, in my own journey, I, I think I'm taking all the responsibility I can and then I do more work and I realize that there's another layer of responsibility to take, right? And, and it, you know, I think about it from a parenting perspective in the sense of, I think I'm, I'm doing all that I can to be a good parent and, and they're just overreacting or throwing a tantrum. You know, you start to do a little more work and you realize that or it comes out in your marriage, you know, however it plays out. I think it's important to bring up at this point, part of doing the work is you're human, you're a man, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to mess up. We tell men, like, we want to see you mess up less often. And when you do, you clean it up quicker, i.e. you have accountability and you handle your stuff and you know what your duty and responsibilities are as a man and you show up for that work. And yeah, it might be some work and it's not always going to be fun or easy, but it's worth it. It's like cleaning up an old attic, like a dark attic. A never-ending dark attic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine that it just keeps going. But you stub your toe and you go, shit, this is, what is this? Here, let me let me move some stuff around and stumble all over this. And, and you start to kind of clear some space. And now you've got more space to work with. But it is an iterative process. Yeah, for me, that attic looks kind of like the warehouse at the end of Indiana Jones. <laughs> just boxes and boxes. And most of them don't have labels on. So, you know, I just got to figure it out as I go. But yeah, we are all a work in progress. None of us are perfect. Michael and I are doing our work just like every other man. It's the analogy of the Sherpa. If you're going up Mount Everest, you've never done it before. You should probably get somebody who's been on the journey or you're going to die. So we do our best to take our experience, our knowledge, our mistakes, and help other men to not have to put their hand on the orange burner. What other frameworks, because we've talked about them, obviously the archetypes were here. You've mentioned working with the shadows and even energy, um, high energy, low energy, those things like that. I'm wondering what other frameworks in the next 10, 15 minutes or so that we have here that guys might be able to take away that they can utilize or at least start to whet their appetite with a little bit. Yeah. One of the things between Russell and I's combined probably over 50 years of experience doing transformational work is we have such an arsenal of tools and approaches and learnings and degrees and certifications that in a lot of ways, because they're based on universal truths, have overlaid and been a very big complement to each other. From Hero's Journey, the archetypes, the energetics, the nervous system, self-defense, the list goes on. But to answer your question of what can a man do, like that's very practical, right? That's what you were getting at, is start getting together with other men and sharing yourself. As simple as that, in some kind of organized fashion, not we're hanging out and we're just being buds, having a beer, talking about our life, but create or find a container of men and you'll ignite as one of those containers. And we offer 
high-level experiential weekends to men. We're also creating further things to get this out to more men because ultimately men need to be in community. That's the thing. Men are alone. The number one person to commit suicide in America are middle-aged white men. Men are suffering. They live the lone wolf and they live in their head and they're, they're pleasers and they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and they have all the toys, all the material and they're empty inside and they don't know how to get off that hamster wheel. So you have to choose a new behavior to break a pattern. So whether that behavior is finding a group, finding a course, finding a weekend, reading a different book, start learning some breath work. I mean, podcasts like these where you're connecting the people that are in need of like some, some freaking guidance. Because you're right, as you said at the very beginning, there's no manual for this. We just happen to be further along in that journey. We have a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, and we feel so passionately about it that we created a platform for men to step into that for themselves. And that's what makes this whole thing go. Be aware that, hey, there's more here and have enough insight to do something about it. And then it takes courage because there's the sign up and then there's the show up. And there's a big difference between the two. If I can dovetail on that, Michael, you know, you mentioned it's like our mission is the same, that you're doing this show because you see the pain of men in the world. This group, we're doing Ignite because we see the pain of men in the world and the need for community, the need for mission, the need for purpose. And on that point of community, in our work, when we've seen men share their deepest, darkest shit, you know, that thing that you've done that nobody else has ever done, that really thing, that thing that just makes your gut hurt when you even think about telling anybody. It's like, oh God, I'm so vulnerable to have to share this. When men share that thing, every fucking man in the room raises their hand and says, me too. Almost every man, you're not a unique snowflake. We've all made the same mistakes. We've all had the same sins. We've all had the same shortcomings. We've all had the same shadows. And the illusion is that we are the only one. The illusion, the shame will tell us is that it's just you. You're so screwed up and no one else has ever done anything so bad. Bullshit. We've all fallen short. And when we get into community and we're willing to be vulnerable enough with each other and strong enough for each other to support that and go, hey, man, you're not alone. Me too. And I got you, brother. I got you. It changes everything. Everything. You said it. That's where we're all here. So we're going to wrap it up there because I don't think there could be a better way to tie a bow on this thing. Where can guys go and learn more about the Brotherhood or about you guys personally? So our main website is ignitetheking.com. You can see Russell's shirt, I-G-K-N-I-G-H-T, like knightsbecomingkings.com. Has uh, information on our events, ways to get in touch with us. We're on Instagram as well. All that good stuff. Michael, Russell, this has been much needed and I'm sure the ripples of this conversation are going to last generations. I know they will. So I'm, I'm honored to have, have spent this time with you. And fellas, I want to thank you for sticking with us. If you guys made it this far, we would love a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we would love for you to help grow the show. But I know that there's a guy out there who needs to hear this. And chances are, he's probably not asking you for it. Definitely. So if someone comes up and you think of somebody as I'm saying this, send them this episode, just hit the share button, text it to him, and just say that. That you were thinking about them and then that you thought you might like this because you know i think we as men need to uh build it together so appreciate it, as always being a part of the tribe y'all we'll see you on the next one later fellas if iron sharpens iron so does one man sharpen another but if you're a man and you're alone or listening to this then who sharpens you what's going on guys 
Ted Fayton here, host of the Modern Man Podcast, also founder of the Noble Knights Mastermind Group. And I'm just out here encouraging you to find your circle. Maybe you're on a personal growth journey and nobody around you understands the new mentality that you're possessing. That's okay. You can find an online community that will pour into you, will navigate your goals and navigate your obstacles, share their experiences, resources, and more. Join the Noble Knights Mastermind Group and try us out for free to tap into a community of men helping each other scale up and reach their goals. Check out themodernmanpodcast.com.